and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, Eyes Wide Shut, Stanley Kubrick's uh, final picture, released in 1999. This was my pick this week because uh, the poster was purple and our weekly and our theme yeah. is purple. Just to show you the level of like observation analysis. There's also a bunch of purple <laughs> throughout the movie. On the talk, yeah. yeah. There's also a bunch of purple. Th- yeah, I th- I think so. It, it, it kind of fits. So this is our first time mm-hmm. covering Kubrick, which is surprising. Like considering we're going to be Cop- Cop- we covered Coppola multiple times already. Well, different Coppolas, but still multiple. Um, Coppola. Yeah, three Coppolas. <laughs> multiple Coppolas. We did cover multiple. <laughs> what do you guys think, mm-hmm. Yusuf? Well, this is like I'm sure this is not all, all of us have yeah. seen this movie already and uh, revisiting. Upon revisiting, what are your thoughts? I I still think it's a really really good movie. I think it's a great movie about think, monogamy yeah. and about yes. sex and relationships and yeah, and I, I I think it works. I don't know why people uh, people don't like it or people have thought it to be a le- is you know uh, worst one. I don't think it's his worst one. It never. Well, I would say it's like it's never boring at the very least. You'll go like, oh, Kubrick's films are like something's very cold, but this feels very, very involved. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by how little Nicole Kidman's actually. Oh, yeah. Is. I forgot. I forgot that she's like only kind of in like the first act and the rest of it is just his journey. Yeah. Michelle, what did you think? I mean, I liked it. It's just, I don't know. The, the end felt weird. Like, it how didn't so? feel like it was the right ending. Like, it just was like, oh. But not in like an, oh, okay, that make you know, that's kind of fun, whatever. It just didn't sit right with me. Mm. I don't know. But like, the last time I watched it, I didn't really think anything of the ending. I completely forgot what the ending was. Or how there isn't really an ending. Yeah. It just, well, yeah, it, kind of, it does kind of just end very abruptly. Yeah. But I was watching it at like 1.75 speed, so maybe that was like making it all right. Okay, you know what? Don't admit that you this sort of stuff on the podcast. I had a busy week. It destroys. It it (laughs) destroys. That's a good strategy. It destroys the uh, the the uh, any good way. It doesn't. You just experience everything a little bit quicker. And you've seen it before, so you, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And you've seen it before. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, what struck me is um, there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> this is the first time I know. So much. Yes. But uh, you know the the. There's no male nudity though. Yeah, there's think. barely any. That's uh, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. Although I would say this is all about kind of our men a man a man's like unhealthy obsession no. with women. I don't. From that perspective, know, but it also like, goes into like Nicole Kidman yeah. having desires for men. Yeah, I think I think that's that's, that's a big it's, part yeah. of it. A, a big part of uh, yeah, because yeah. that spurs him to go out and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the apartment they live in was so nice. That's mainly what I kept noticing oh, yes. the entire time. I was like, oh man, that's it was so huge. Nice. Yeah, but okay. So here are some. I have a lot of questions actually. Yes. Yeah. Yusuf's so, question. So let's start with the. Uh, you know how uh, should I do them in order of the like the movie of what happens during or just do what? No, let's do it chronologically. Or just so whatever can, I yeah. wrote down first. <laughs> okay. Okay. What did you write thing, down first? These, I guess this is in order of what uh, struck me the most as like stuff I really wanted an answer for. Um, so, the two guys in the costume shop, right? What, what do you make of, of them? And beyond the surface level of like, oh, you know, 
promiscuity and like um you know sexual liberation of a young girl who's like too young and um is repressed and stuff by a for uh, like a a father who clearly is from a different background stuff like that what do you make of that and is and is their race something that because they had to have you know yeah yes actually like ma- made a decision to cast these two you know um businessmen who were asian yeah and the makeup on them did you do you that was i keep i keep going back to that cuz in terms of like in relation with the daughter i think it's if you want to, I, I can see how you're saying like okay it's like a young girl's like sexual liberation even though she's not quite like she's very very young but i it's the uh, the second time mm-hmm. you see them the father yeah, is pimping well, the daughter well, yeah. out he's coming come around no, to it no i think he, I, he was doing it all along but he didn't want to let the tom uh, tom cruise oh like, shit that makes so much more sense it's a legal activity isn't it? right yeah because then yeah, he like he's actually... like we can do anything for you, and then the daughter's like looking at him, mm-hmm. implying that like he'd easily sell his daughter to him too. But why? Why would the second time be the time where he was like free to admit it? I don't know if he realized he's like a dodgy guy too. Mm. I think he knew why he was getting the costumes. Yeah, and so because like he had he that on the relationship with mm-hmm. But he wasn't sure the first time. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Well, what do you make of? Um, maybe it's just. The men, the men being yeah. like a stereotypical like mm-hmm. oh they're businessmen and they're from a different country and they're you know seeking out you know um, how like those businessmen and madmen would go to New York and like go visit prostitutes yes, and stuff like yes. that could be just it <laughs> or like it's like an intern or like our this obsession this like our what's not obsession I always think like isn't Tom the, the only reason Tom Cruise even went on this entire escapade is because he can't fathom the thought of his wife fantasizing about mm-hmm. someone, someone else yeah. right I think that's pretty it hammers right. in and, and, and it also it, like compounds as he's going because then those guys keep calling yes. him like a faggot and stuff and then and then the what else happened there was something else could you make the argument that the two men who have like cla- I'm looking because I just opened it up because it's on Netflix here, and they clearly have like clownish makeup on them to make them mm. kind of effeminate. This idea of like, it goes back to this idea of this this fear of being seen as as something lesser than a man, right? Or like, or it's just, just derogatory. Bigotry in general, I think because yeah. like people like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it makes me question how Kubrick himself feels like. This is such a strange film for a 17-year-old man to make. Well, okay, so here's my theory about that. Because I think, this being his last Mm. film, I don't know if you know that you're about to die, but but I think people, like, maybe have a sense that time is, like, you know, um, important now. But 70, in terms of, like, being old, isn't that old? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I get like, what you so mean. So maybe he thought that he'd have another film in him. That's probably the case, yeah. But I mean, like, uh, just, like, the way Martin Scorsese picks projects now, it's, like, not just any project. It's like, oh, I gotta make mm. this count. So I think that's one of the factors in. But I think this is, like, the story, like, not, not necessarily, because he optioned this, like, very, early, like, much earlier than, uh, than he made this. But I think it's one of those things where, you want to try something, you want to explore something, but it's something you feel like deeply, um, not ashamed, but like kind of embarrassed to get into. And um, 
especially like mm. men from that generation and it, considering that most yeah. of his other movies are like characterized as like what Arvind said is like more cold and like less than emotional like adventures this well it distances it i think visually and thematically kind of distances yeah. the viewer right and I this is kind of the, the most intimate but this feels you so know, uh, of yes yes mm-hmm. like the arguments like the couple's argument that they had like that takes place over 20 minutes mm-hmm. or something like that is the, it compromises like the entirety of like the first act is like their argument in the bedroom that does not feel like a kubrick movie that it didn't feel like anything like he's done before. Apatow. Like it just yeah, it crossed with something maybe like more intimate or maybe um, it does. Um, Nicole Kidman is so funny in this movie um, when she did the yeah. voice like to mock him. I didn't know she could do that. Yeah. keys. Oh my god, it was so funny, yeah. <laughs> and it felt so natural too. But Michelle, you were talking to me about how uncomfortable it was to watch them yeah because they were actually married at the time so like this is what they would have been doing off camera as well as on camera it just made me feel weird yeah yeah that might be what maybe intentional i don't know i probably just got lucky yeah (laughs) but um, the the Um, other thing is just because mm -hmm. i I don't want to like go super long but so i'm I'm gonna move on to another question okay so he the the guy that remember how that woman when her father's dying kisses him and like she's like uh she's all like distraught and she's like i love you and he's like we've barely spoken and then her fiance or husband comes back and he looks like tom cruise Mm -hmm. but just Mm kind of taller a bit more like broad shoulders like kind of like what do you make of that like that's that's another thing that i noticed that i uh, was curious about i thought it was like you know when nicole kidman was like i'd give anything up for that man who i'd never met Mm -hmm. just just like looking at him i would have given up the whole marriage Mm -hmm. like that was her moment with tom cruise yeah like having the same thing because he's like a maybe a bit better version of her own fiance. Ah, I saw it as the other way around. Ah. Her fiance was like a bit more a better version of him because he's, well, I guess he's a math teacher or a professor, so that's a doctor in a different way. Mm-hmm. But it depends on who or what you view as more essential, math or medicine. True. So. <laughs> I'm just going back to take a look, and oh my god, he looks so much like a more, yeah, an yeah, academic yeah. version of Tom Cruise. But it's like a nerdier version. Yeah. It's like a bit of Tom Cruise mixed in with John mm-hmm. Hamm, like in terms of the I facial it was Tom Cruise and Brandon um, Ruth, 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 the guy who plays. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the Superman guy. Also Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so that, okay, well, that that's a bit. That's cool. I didn't even see it. Yeah, I never really picked up on how much they look similar, mm-hmm. how similar they looked. I was actually more like uh, ca- captured by that woman's performance. Like, you know how she's just kind of looking at him and then she like, in the moment she starts, she wants to kiss him. I thought that was so cool to watch in terms of like, he doesn't, it's um, just the actress's performance and you can see like how teeter, she's literally she, she teetering. She also kind of looks like, um, that decision. Kidman a bit, I guess. Curly, mm-hmm. blonde hair and the... It's apparent, yeah. You know. So. Mm. What did you think about the prostitute mm. that he accosts not accosts who accosts him i suppose okay well i have a question about yeah. that does he have what? hiv or not yeah that's one of the thing. well i don't think he has hiv but it's mm. weird that the her I don't roommate so. would 
like approach him with the intention of okay let's you know get something on and then be like well actually you know she has hiv so let's so why would she instigate anything without like because i guess maybe she just forgot she just like forgot in the moment mm. and then she stopped really it handsome. because of that yeah and she didn't want to get mm. hiv yeah and okay so here's another thing what he does to like arouse her was grab her boobs like what nicole kidman was saying what you know the thing that's another interesting uh, thing and what he keeps fantasizing like not fantasizing but like keeps cutting to that fantasy yeah. sequence right of him picturing the affair that's one thing mm-hmm. then um her name is domino so and here's the interesting part when he leaves her place he stumbles onto the bar where nick nightingale is playing <laughs> and uh and that's yes. you know the first domino well not the first one but like you know his yeah what sets so it off something, yeah mm-hmm. i think <laughs> that's true <laughs> I love the look of that bar, that piano bar. I wanted, like, when he walked in, it looked felt so cozy and the Christmas lights and everything and yeah. that table. I wish he just stayed there. I was like, well, dude. You know what's strange, yeah. I never, I never, <laughs> go w- to that yeah. I never would have pictured Tom Cruise drinking beer. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> that was it's so jarring. I thought he would be like, you know, I guess it's just he, you still see Tom Cruise, so you're like, no, no, he probably doesn't drink. He probably, like, Drink some weird vitamin water with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goes into a regular bar, orders vitamin water. He will do that. Did you? Oh my god! Did you guys hear? Remember? Uh, listen to his rant. Him screaming yeah. at the production crew on the new Mission Impossible movie. That Wasn't was great. about COVID. Um, he has though? every right to do that. Yeah, it was about COVID, mm-hmm. and he's like, like, if I see any one of you doing this, you're fired. God. If I can. Um. The okay. So here's another question. Uh, <laughs> the desk clerk who was clearly flirting with him and was gay. Mm-hmm. What do you think that was about? Other than, like, maybe highlighting that, you know, one of his assets is being a handsome guy. Like, he's he uses his doctor thing, like, uh, the card as, like, a, you know, detective would, a badge to get in yes. places and, like, get information. And I thought that was maybe just, like, all right, he's also handsome, and that's a justification as to why these people are, like, opening up to him and feel mm-hmm. like you know it's fine to share with them information that they would probably not share but what do you what do you think it, it comes in like way later in the movie so what do you think that is you think he's just like maybe that's another I, sexual facet yeah of course early in the film like he like all those like all those they called him like a, a slur a homophobic yeah. slur right and well, uh, they can we not around. say that i, I guess you that subconscious bleep out the one i, I, I said just, I <laughs> if you're gonna take this i completely forgot it you already said it already. but i think it's if you take the interpretation that a lot of this film of what happens is subjective because it's you're seeing mm-hmm. it through his perspective i think it can be seen as like that that uh i forgot what, i forgot what word i was going to use but that that fear oh, of being emasculated oh, being, being, yeah. being coming up again through reinforced through um yeah, by the way yeah, that's yeah. alan cumming um i very young yeah. alan cumming i was like oh cool i didn't know he was in this Re- reinforced again i think that fear right that that anxiety of like being lesser of a man even though he you know he's tom cruise he's well, a doctor he looks like that like in masks at the cold thing were there? I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. No, I didn't know. 
They were like dancing together. Ah. ah. Well, do you want to loop back to finally talking about? Uh, we haven't talked about the uh, the cult at all. At I mean, I, I the cult um, was, I I thought was like the least interesting part. <laughs> but okay, yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Upon rewatching, I would say yes. I thought the cult was like a massive manifestation of just like male, I don't know, fragility, or just like it's mm. a place where their desires are met. Mm. Without question, I don't know. No, yeah, Something. that makes sense because everything they do is about just like like getting pleasure, and it's done with the anonymity yeah. of like having a mask yeah. on. So it it sucks away all the intimacy, but it just gives you all the gratification. So it's not like it's unfiltered. Yeah, it hedonism. takes away the part where it's like. You're giving something back. You're giving yourself, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no intimacy. Yeah, it's just like, and secrecy is massive mm-hmm. as well. The the one thing I I mean I find I guess the you know you could say that about any movie the flying spaceship oh that's kind of unbelievable but I think it's really unbelievable <laughs> that this would be kept a secret and this would be the first time someone has ever infiltrated this like that. Yeah. It's so hard to do. I I I don't know. Seemed a little uh, silly. There are so yeah. many people there. Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> if, and how do they get new people? Yeah. And wouldn't if one of yeah. them was oppressed, wouldn't she like at some point be like, "Hey, you won't believe what I was." Uh, yeah. Exactly. But I guess if they're paid enough, they'll keep their mouth shut. Yeah, but I, I mean, I still think they're, even if you're like starving on the street, homeless, and someone offers you a million dollars. You'll still. I think if something like that happens, there, are, there's a, you know, a really high risk of you going like, I really gotta tell someone about this, and I hope I get away <laughs> with it and keep the money. But, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's, mm. uh, it's that easy to keep secrets. It's, but that, that goes into a larger point where I, I generally don't like believe in any conspiracy theories because of that. I think it's like it's impossible to keep everyone quiet. It's. Uh, it's a silly notion to think like, mm. you know, um, someone did something and then 30 people know about it and then they all just happen to be very, very dedicated. <laughs> that that's, uh, seems unnatural. What's that, what's that proverb? Like three can keep a secret if one of them's dead or something like that? Yeah, like can't one, really... two people can keep um, a secret if one of them's dead, something like that. Yeah. One, one of them I is dead. Is that yeah. a proverb? Uh, I think That's in the someone... Pretty Little Liars yeah, theme Yeah, I think someone, someone just said it in like a lyric or something. It's, it's not a proverb. Um, did you guys notice the one cool bit of foreshadowing in terms of... Uh, so he meets up with the old... What, is, what does that old guy even do? I don't even know what his position is. Um... Who reveals to him like you know we're part of this he was there at the party he initiates the conversation by tapping the the billard bowl on the billard table much like how they use the staff at the uh how they use the staff to initiate the ritual oh. at the party it's all this like tap tap to like it's almost like reinforcing like do you know what situation you're walking into like like that wait who um, the 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 what guy did you th- Sydney the old guy Pollock, at the end, yeah. When he, he so, Sid, yeah, Sydney Pollock's character, right? When he first enters, he's playing, yeah. bill, he playing billiards, right? Playing, playing at a pool at a pool table, and he takes the pool, uh, pool, pool ball and just like he taps it onto the before he initiates the conversation, before he's trying to segue himself into it. But the way he does it is like mm-hmm. this rhythmic like tap, 
which is much very similar oh, to the yeah. staff. I thought that was really cool. It's I like, don't, oh. I didn't notice that, but that's um, interesting. I guess this is a, maybe it's uh it's kind of a signal to be like, yeah, that what he's saying is actually true because there's a lot of them. Like, yeah, it's like subconsciously cueing you into like yeah. Because when he's like telling him, oh, it's just you um, know they're just acting and stuff. That was I doubted that. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, they had to have killed her. But uh, okay, do you guys think uh, she actually was killed or not? Or no? I think. Uh, well, I mean, the point is that you never, you never know, and yeah. you'll never know, right? But like, wh- what do you um, lean towards? Like what? I. Did she was killed? Mm. Yeah, I feel the same way. But like in a way that like she did OD, but they like give it too much. Yeah. The very t- first time you meet her, she OD'd, and who's to say? I think in, it's like a loose interpretation of like she maybe OD'd, maybe they gave her too much. It can go either way, right? Mm. Um, yeah, um, I loved. I don't know, more so like what happens to the piano player. Like, did they? Did he really just let? Did they really just rough him up and let him go, or did they do something worse? Yeah, that's. Or, I um, mean, my. I don't know. I th- I feel like that you can't. Because they're obviously very powerful. Because like you know, when he gets home, he sees the mask. Yeah. Right. They. They. It's like last like cue to him is like no this these people are not messing about mm-hmm. but didn't he um, just leave the mask there like they didn't put it there they oh. <laughs> yeah, just... it's like oh i left this at bed oh we just forgot well what, what do you guys make of the christmas setting well christmas is all about like uh i think the very it ties back to the very last scene you're in a toy store it's all about family you're supposed to, christmas time is all about you know a communion and like a, a traditional family values and stuff like that but it's all juxtaposed with like his desire to break away from that he's sick of it he's sick and tired of it in the end they had to come together in the end right because nicole kidman's like no our job today is to take our daughter to go toy shopping and that's and that's the return to normalcy mm. right i think well that the title eyes the w- show. Yeah. like you know about it but you mm. have to continue ah also, it's just I think it's also a great excuse for Kubrick to just light his film that way. That's where most of the purple light comes from, actually. Did you guys notice that this wasn't shot yeah. in New York? It felt like Seinfeld <laughs> sets. Like I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is clearly a street on a soundstage. By the way, Seinfeld's. I finally started watching Seinfeld. Not it's, relevant. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. now. Well, if you mentioned the Kubrick directed episode of Seinfeld where Jerry. Uh, yeah. Finds a notebook Wait, and <laughs> mysterious uh, joke writer writes some cryptic jokes. No, I'm just, I don't know. I wish that happened. <sighs> I wish that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Kubrick gone. Yeah, he did die. Uh, yeah, gone too soon. Um, he died yeah. before this came out. Which some people have argued. I read that some people have argued that the film wasn't actually finished and that they were uh, the studio just wanted it out and stuff like that but I mean the ending kind of feels like that yeah but uh, but the they had shot what they had shot right like I think it would have been like edited differently yeah. but yeah probably yeah maybe the ending was going to be something cool well um, shall we take a yeah, break yeah so. yeah okay awesome my personal favorite segment what have we watched this week yusuf do you wish to draw first blood okay i watched the new james bond movie <laughs> and i think it was a mess 
so I I wasn't enjoying it. It was so too long. Um, had four different stories that you know made no sense and just ended abruptly and then started back up again. It was weird. Does it feel like the final chapter? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> They made that like really clear. But, They'll yeah. still make more oh. with someone else, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, definitely. But that was um, it. That's what I watched. And uh, it was it not at all enjoyable. Is it not? Would you recommend even going as like a casual viewer, just like I want to watch a dumb action movie? No. Would you? I would not that? recommend. No. This. Yeah. Damn. Even the action stuff is not like well done. It just. It was just too long. By the end of it, you're like, I don't care if he shoots another guy. And like it's. <laughs> It was just <laughs> fine. Like it wasn't like, you know, you could watch the Mission Impossible movies and get that. That's true, and I think the Mission Impossible movies put even more effort into like the set pieces, right? Because it's like they know that that's what you're here for. Yeah, that's what I said to my dad. Yeah, I was like, at least yeah. those guys know that they're they're not fooling anybody. They're not like mm. casting a black woman and being like, well, now we did our job. <laughs> Doing the job. I don't. I don't know. Uh, It's just weird. Well, I'm glad. Um, I think the happiest person here is uh, who, who, who is Daniel Craig, who gets to wipe his hands clean of it. He did say that he rather slit his wrists and play double O again, mm-hmm. like back in like 2015. So I hope uh, he got his wish. He gets to bow out. This movie's probably gonna make a lot of money. So man, who cares? Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's a disappointment. Michelle, have you seen? Anything this week? I watched uh, Rifkin's Festival, which is the latest Woody Allen film, which got、What? such a tiny release that no one's even heard of it. Yeah, I didn't even. Like,、um, it's actually it's pretty good. It's not like the best,、oh. but I'm convinced it's his last film、oh. because there's also... so much stuff that he's like. It feels like he's reminiscing. On like his own experience with cinema, and then also his own films too, because there's like bits like it's basically like the wild strawberries format, and he、um, because he goes into like these dreams, but the dreams are like films. So like there's a bit where it's、mm. eight and a half, and he's like the characters in there, and it's all his family like criticizing him. There's there's a wild strawberries one, there's a persona one, there's a seven seal one, not a Bergman. There's um. Oh, what else was there? Some others. Oh, there's the, the exterminating angel, the Benoit one, and it just it felt very like final, cause like it ends with him say like the character saying, "So, what did you think about everything I've said to you?" Um, but like it has, I forget if his name's Sean Wallace or Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean. That one. He's in it. He is not a great Woody Allen character, cause he speaks too slow for the neurotic part of him. I don't think the cast is like perfectly suited, but I know that not many people would want to work with him right now. Yeah. I think it's worth watching if you know a lot of his cinema, because you'll get the references, and it feels very final. It feels like his farewell. It certainly sounds a lot more interesting than the his like his、uh, the previous couple movies he's done, where it just feels so slight. So it's better than Rainy Day in New yeah, York. Yeah, it's a lot better. That's it.、Mm-hmm. Yep.、Yeah. What do you、uh, watch? I might. I. I I might just be interested. Oh, I'll、okay, give that a go. I still like his movies. I watched a Netflix series that people are going to shut up about and it's going to be overhyped to hell. 
It's uh, called Midnight Mass, and it's a very good, clear example on how a fairly talented director needs to be reined in and can't be given everything. Because here you have a seven-episode series that could very well be a movie and a fairly good movie at that. But unfortunately, it's seven episodes long, so he feels the director justifies this by having characters sit in a room. And debate the virtues of Catholicism for seven goddamn hours until something interesting happens.、Um, This is the same guy who did the haunting on Hill House and the haunting Bly Manor, Mike Flanagan. Actually, I, and he, I actually thought his uh, uh, Shining sequel, Doctor Sleep, was pretty good. Interesting stuff there, but this is so navel gazing because every single episode is just about how do we absolve ourselves of guilt and God's grace. And、uh, all, and it's just endless monologues. Mo- people don't talk like this. You don't sit next to a person, in front of a person, and deliver a three-minute monologue, and they in turn respond with another three-minute monologue. Like people don't talk like this, and that's like the entire goddamn show, until something interesting happens. Because the this it does stick the it does stick the landing. The ending is very very、I、good and quite haunting. Yeah, but the, no, they have a conversation in the before trilogy, right? Like,、uh, but it's、Which、like they're bouncing off、monologues. each other. Like this, this is like I a character will deliver a three minute, three minute long ideological standpoint, and the other, another, the other character will de- deliver like the opposing ideological standpoint for another three minutes. Like they don't talk like characters; they talk like this. The the creator, Mike Flanagan, trying to rationalize himself and probably and he said so himself in interviews that this is very personal and it deals with like it's about his. Deal、uh, how he deals with addiction, namely alcoholism, and、uh, which I think is why he keeps doing Stephen King adaptations <laughs> because it's like oh, it's all it all aligns.、Mm-hmm. And this is like a Stephen King, very Stephen King setup: a small town on a beautiful island. There's only a couple hundred residents, and then something happens,、mm-hmm. but、uh, it's undercut by the twist, which is so basic that. I I would almost recommend it just for you, but just for people to go in and try and like figure out like what all this like posturing kind of、uh, winds up being. But、uh, it's not worth seven hours. It could be easily be cut into like t- maybe two hour movie、mm-hmm. and be perfectly satisfying. There is a portrayal of、uh, a Muslim sheriff and his son and their relationship about how his son seems to what no you're. Yusuf, I want to bring this up、mm. to you because it's so weird. Because、uh, he has a Muslim, the, sh- the sheriff is Muslim. He has a Muslim son. They, you know, it's it's really emphasized that they share like this Muslim Islam faith. But then some,、uh, the local priest, Catholic priest, starts performing real miracles.、Mm. A girl who was wheelchair bound starts walking,、mm. and the son isn't sure what to believe in. So maybe he wants to try this thing out, this you know, new thing out. It seems to be actually doing like God's work. And then there's, but that show doesn't. It never got that deep into it,、mm. but it's still interesting to see that element. I wish that was explored a little bit further. Yeah,、uh, could have been a movie. Ending's good. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I、All、totally、right. agree. I feel I feel like a lot of people. That's the trend now. It's uh, yeah, uh, it's too long, <laughs> too many monologues. So、uh, that brings us to our final segment. What are our recommendations this、mm-hmm. week, Yusuf? I'm gonna recommend a movie I watched with you, Arvin. It's called The Killing, the Stanley Kubrick movie, and、uh, that's、yes. probably one of my favorites of his, despite it being like also、It's、another one. Lean and mean. Yeah, another one that I feel people overlook, like、uh, Eyes Wide Shut. So, I I really like that as well. 
it's it's like a he- it's like a heist movie, but it feels yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Michelle, have you thought of a recommendation? I mean, it's not a great film, but I feel like it's worth watching because it's completely insane. The um, mm-hmm. Klaus Kinski's Paganini. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like ah. he just has whatever he wants and he'll do anything to get it. It's much more like over it. There's not much like nuance, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just completely insane. It's worth watching for that reason. Cool. I think I need to get around to that. My recommendation is another. Hey, Yusuf, I'm going to get back what have follow that up. This is another film that I watched with Yusuf. It's called The Overnight. No. Do you remember yeah. that? Uh, starring yeah. with Adam Scott and Jason Schwartz. <laughs> I rec- I'm recommending this because it's another movie about monogamy, very much about yeah. monogamy and like what it takes, like what modern marriage even means and how do we define it? How do we define these boundaries? And it's kind of funny until it gets kind of serious and intimate. That kind of cat, like really genuinely caught me off guard, like when it had, like when the ending rolled around. But uh, yeah, uh, that will be my recommendation. Now, Michelle. It's your turn. No, to it's pick mine. Next week. Oh, no, oh, right, right. Oh, we haven't watched. Yeah, yeah. You cocked it up. Sorry. You cocked it up. <laughs> Sorry, I thought. Uh, yeah, wow. This. Uh, I don't want to ruin the illusion, but us. The illusion yeah. has been shattered. The, the the veil has been lifted. But our I'm sorry, our like week delay has thrown me off. Okay. Okay. So next week. So Michelle. We're mm-hmm. watching Marie Antoinette, the Sophia nice. Coppola one. I don't think it's that purple. It's more like pale purple. Mm-hmm. So, yep, watch that. All right. So, jo- let's, dearest listeners, join us next week as we explore the fashionate life of Marie Antoinette. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. Next episode is just going to be me, like, just riffing with his accent the entire time. Look forward to that. <laughs> join us next week and stay safe, everybody. Bye. Keep it real. <laughs> The Seventh Reel is hosted by Marvin Huang, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Sui Lim, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening.